You don't buy a quarter inch drill bit, you buy a quarter inch hole. You don't buy a mattress, you buy a good night's sleep. You may have heard of these phrases from famous business school professor Theodore Levin. What he was trying to say with this is that consumers are looking for a benefit or a solution. They are not necessarily buying the product or service. When we think about it this way, we may approach our marketing differently. This is similar to the jobs-to-be-done theory refined by another American academic, Clayton Christensen. This theory suggests that consumers hire a product to complete a task. For example, I'm not getting a party-sized pizza. I'm getting a meal that I can share with my family. I hire the pizza to complete this task, but I could have hired sandwiches, fast food, or something from the grocery store instead. Now let's see an example of this put into action. McDonald's wanted to grow their milkshake sales and asked their key demographic for some suggestions. After implementing these suggestions, McDonald's did not see a drastic improvement. They went to visit one of their locations to study milkshake consumption. To their surprise, they noticed that 50% of the milkshakes purchased were in the morning by consumers who were driving alone. When McDonald's asked these customers why they bought the milkshake, they understood that they were on their way to work and wanted something for the ride. But McDonald's went a step further and asked them to explain what job did they hire the milkshake to complete. The answers were enlightening. The individuals wanted something that would keep them engaged for a long ride to work. They also wanted something that would keep them filled for a few hours during their morning work period. When asked what other things they hired for this job, some respondents said a banana, but this was too quick and not filling. Others said a bagel or a donut, but it was too messy in the car and more of a hassle to eat. This new information was crucial for McDonald's. Understanding the job the milkshake was hired to do allowed McDonald's to make some necessary changes. They introduced thicker milkshakes that lasted longer. They also made it more convenient to get a milkshake in the morning with faster service and self-service options. Sales and milkshakes after these changes went up 7x. Notice how when they addressed the job to be done, the customer responded accordingly. What else could they have done? I posed this to my students and received some other ideas. A cup that kept your milkshake cool. Discounts, promotions, and combos at breakfast time. Or simply changing the breakfast screen to mention how milkshakes will make your ride more enjoyable. Simple, yet effective in my opinion. An interesting theory seen in action. If you can understand what job your product or service is hired to do, you can better market to your consumers. So what did you hire this podcast for? To get information on the latest marketing news? Maybe. But part of me hopes it's to have an enjoyable experience while learning about a topic you love. Hopefully I can fulfill my job requirements with the upcoming episode of Grad to Great. Hello students, welcome to another episode of Grad to Great. I'm your host, Professor Dom, and the goal of this podcast is to provide helpful tips, hacks, and stories for students and young professionals in the business and marketing field that will hopefully help you navigate as you transition from your school to career. Today's episode is a weekly roundup which covers the top stories in the marketing world. Our first story highlights Disney's attempt to grow their revenue in a new market. 
That's right, the streaming giants, theme park kings, and character creator moguls are now entering the world of trading cards. This trading card game will be known as Disney Lurcana and is expected to launch in the fall of 2023. The concept of the game have players taking on the role of a powerful sorcerer that has the ability to bring characters to life off the page through the stories and songs in Disney's collection. Although the official rules have yet to be announced, it will be similar to other popular trading games like Magic the Gathering and Pokemon. Seven limited edition foil promo cards for Lurcana was released. These cards include Corella Deville, Miserable as Usual, Robin Hood, Unrivaled Archer, Stitch, Rockstar, Maleficent, Monstrous Dragon, Elsa, the Snow Queen, Captain Hook, Forceful Duelist, and Mickey Mouse, Brave Litter Tailor. Right now, the cards are physical, but many expect the game to offer some digital version like their competitors. So far, it is expected that the gameplay will not be as competitive or cutthroat as some of the aforementioned competitive brands, but will try to be more inclusive and affordable for everyone. Sounds like a Disney brand to me. So why this move for Disney? Don't they have other things to worry about like content creation and their battle with Netflix and Amazon and others in the streaming wars? Well, the global trading card game market is not a small blip on their radar. Statistics shows that the industry is expected to grow from $6.61 billion in 2021 to $8.64 billion in 2026. According to Superdata, 37 million people are playing digital collectible card games. Rapid Polls estimates that $90 is the average annual amount spent by players to purchase booster packs. Now, I'm not an expert in the trading card game market, but in my research, I think that Disney is onto something. Firstly, trying to avoid an overly strategic gameplay like Magic the Gathering is a smart move especially since this game may be tailored to children and adults alike. Secondly, Disney's strength lies in their characters. Creating a collectible market around the rarity of some cards and characters will not only drive interest and relevance, but of course additional revenues. Just this year, Logan Paul bought a Pikachu card worth $5.275 million. Now this is an exception rather than the rule, but you can create some hype around rarer cards that can garner six figures in a collectible market. That being said, there are a lot of intricacies to launching a game of this magnitude. It is not simply build it and they will come. The launch, the number of cards to produce, the characters to launch, and the timing. When do you drop Mickey and Minnie? Or Pixar? Or Marvel for that matter? How do you release booster packs? What is the best way to create hype for playing the game, whether this is at in-stores, or in competition, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. They need to create the hype, but also save hype for later too. This is a challenging marketing execution strategy, no doubt. Disney will need to use their magic touch come fall 2023, and I'm eager to see how that looks. Our second story discusses the hottest celebrity this past summer. You would see their face at stores, on billboards, on Amazon delivery boxes, and countless licensed products. It's not Brad Pitt, The Rock, or Tom Holland. It's a minion? 
That's right, this year's hottest movie is none other than The Minions, The Rise of Gru, which has grossed more than $900 million worldwide. Compare that to Lightyear, the much-anticipated movie about Buzz from Toy Story, that earned only $118 million. So how did this happen? As we all know, the Minions were not the main characters when they first made their theatrical debut. They were the helpless, yet sweet, sidekicks for the movie's protagonist and despicable me, Gru. There have been other movies where the sidekicks has earned some recognition, such as Puss in Boots from Shrek, or the Penguins from Madagascar, but not to the levels that we are seeing today. What's even more interesting about their popularity? They do not even speak a coherent language. But maybe this was an advantage. Without speaking, creators were able to emphasize emotion and personality more so with these characters. And this is what built a strong connection to its consumers. In fact, many consumers were creating UGC, user-generated content, for minions expressing many different emotions. Soon they became a meme for everything from exercise, I thought you said extra fries, to minions don't get vaccinated, why should your children? They were even spotted on missiles around Ukrainian soldiers as the color of the minions echoes that of their nation's flag. The minions are not afraid to get political, it appears. The other advantage of the minion was their shape and color. It was easy to use for fingernail art, ice sculptures, and pastries or cookies. Even corporate saw this as an advantage, working on licenses with the oval-shaped breath mint company Tic Tac, as well as using a blimp that looked like a minion to advertise Despicable Me too. The amount of consumer products for these lovable characters grew each year, especially with the launch of spin-offs, five in total since the original. Estimates peg sales at more than $6 billion for these products. Their mobile rush game and TikTok account have more followers than Disney. Speaking of TikTok, if you were on at any point in the summer, you must have seen teenagers attending theaters to watch the movies in a full-blown suit, known as Gentle Minions. The challenge with an entity this strong is the unlicensed work for these easy-to-draw characters. Not only is there lost revenue, but the impact on the brand is something to be weary of. Regardless, we are witnessing a masterclass on the building and reaping the rewards of an artistic entity. It seems to me that most of the marketing success was not on the backs of the marketers, but rather the consumer. The way they shared and created content around these characters kept them mainstream, which only had a snowball effect on licensing sales and future movies that grossed. I think for the latest movie, the timing of the post-COVID launch where people wanted to get out of their house with the virality of TikTok, and of course teenagers that watched the original movie 10 years prior, was a perfect storm to generate buzz. I have to admit, the consumer carried a lot of the success for the Minion franchise that helped Disney achieve enormous results. Ironically, in a way, the consumers were the Minions to Disney's group in real life. Our last story of the week, originally from Retail Brew, highlights the launch of a new hydration beverage that is looking at Web3 to differentiate themselves from their competitors. The name is Leisure Drink out of California and they are minting an NFT collection in conjunction with their launch of their brand. 
What's interesting with this strategy is that the founders did not sell the drink first, but rather the NFT. In March 2021, they launched a collection to 400 token holders, who in return received product discounts, access to new flavors, merchandise, and the option to vote on future brand development ideas such as lines and flavors. The price for these tokens? 0.08 ETH or $200. And now they're trading at 0.09 ETH. Not bad, I look at it as a 12.5% increase. This is an interesting way to raise funds. Instead of a traditional investor round or more modern crowdfunding approach like Kickstarter, users purchase an NFT. What is different about this approach is the long-lasting benefits. The NFT holder will get some of the mentioned benefits, building a stronger relationship with the brand. In addition, NFT holders may be able to sell the NFT for an increased value at a later date. This is an interesting take on one of the more challenging industries to break through. Hydrating wellness aid is a tough sell without the financial backing to promote the product and get it to the right distribution in retail stores. Their flavors are unique enough to garner some trialability, mango ginger, original citrus, and blueberry lavender, but at over $5.50 a can before shipping, is it competitive enough? Enter the NFT spin. I think the company is not selling a drink, but rather selling the idea of a community beverage company. To say you are one of the 400 original token holders that get special offers, and will help in building the brand through a voting system has some value. Imagine you were one of the original token holders for Nike or Apple. How cool would that be? And even more intriguing, how much would your token be worth? With only 2% of American consumers in the NFT market, you can argue it is still early for a project like this to be successful. But even major brands are dibble-dabbling in NFTs. Coca-Cola, Adidas, Lamborghini, McDonald's, and Louis Vuitton, among other big brands, have entered the space. Regardless of the side you are on, the marketing principles remain the same. If you can provide value to your customers, they will remain your customers. Leisure Drink is providing value in a different way. I'm curious to see how this will unfold. We'll end the show with three quick hits and stats that I found interesting this week. Number one, McDonald's is launching Happy Meals for adults. In partnership with the streetwear brand Cactus Plant Flea Market, they will be launching either the 10-pack McNuggets or a Big Mac with fries and a nostalgic toy like Grimace, the Hamburglar, and Birdie. Now, who cares really about the partnership? A Happy Meal for adults? I don't think I have to say more. Number two, Walmart has entered the metaverse with a virtual dressing room. You can attach a photo to your profile and try on different clothes that Walmart is selling. I imagine for best results, you should be in tights or least amount of clothes as possible. And what could possibly go wrong sharing a photo like this to Walmart's app? Number three, this year's Super Bowl has a whole new sponsor. The once famous Pepsi halftime show will now be run by Apple Music. And they just announced who will be performing. Their first headliner is none other than Rihanna. 
and I'm glad they went this route. It was better than their second choice, Siri. Okay, maybe I'm making that up, but Rihanna is still a great choice nonetheless. That wraps up our show for today. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and appreciate all the support. We'll talk to you next time on another episode of Grad to Grade.